Welcome back to the Be All Army Wrestling Radio Show. Jordan Tom, follow with Brian Rowan. And we're back with a weekly wrap-up with Coach Ward. Uh, this is episode 29. We uh, had a commanding victory over Hostra, 30-18. to 18. Coach, how are you feeling? How do I feel about the, uh, the commanding, as, yeah. as you call it? Yeah, commanding win. Um, so, you know, what I, what I said to our team, what I said to, um, you know, our people here, that, that uh, our sports information people is, Listen, it's a win. It felt really good to, to get back out there. It's our first dual meet since, I guess, February of last year. So first dual meet in 11 months. Um, it wasn't pretty. I mean, it was maybe the most unique, most bizarre dual meet that I've ever been a part of. Like, it's, like unexpected things happened. And it definitely it was anything but pretty. We found a way to get a win as a team. So that was good. Some guys wrestled really well. Some guys um, did not. Um, but, uh, I mean, talk about a mixed bag you know, coming away from that dual meet. It was, I've never had another dual meet like it. I'm, I'm fortunate, you know, or feel fortunate we walked away with a win. I didn't feel very good walking away from it, but um, glad the guys got a dub. Glad guys got to get out there and compete again. So, I mean, overall, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Very high scoring. I, I was on the, I was on the slopes in Breckenridge <clears throat> when, uh, and I, I didn't get to watch it. I came back from, and I looked at the score. I saw it was 30 18. I was like, it's a high-scoring dual meet for college. <laughs> yeah, and we and we were deducted a team point, so it could have been like thirty-one eighteen, which we'll get. We can get into the team point part later. I'm usually good for at least one warning every. Well, you only get one warning. The next one's a point, um, but I'm good for the warning every dual meet. But um, we lost a team point. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we uh, we gave up three pins in a dual meet, and uh, and still won it, which is just nuts you know we had we had a forfeit win at 125 we had a pin at uh, 149 we had a pin at 184 so you know we had three six point victories you know on our end too and then four I think four decisions so um it was a high score match you know I'm, I'm glad it's done I, I love the bonus points we got but I don't like giving up three pins so you know luckily we get a chance to go back and compete again on Saturday against Binghamton so Hopefully we're a little bit sharper and a little bit more prepared, ready to go. Yeah, it's pretty strange when you look at the box score. You got forfeit, fall, major decision, fall, fall, decision, fall, injury, default, decision, decision. That's uh, pretty weird. Yeah, I don't want another one. Like, I, I don't want another duel like that. I love the pins. I, I love the bonus points that we got, but pretty sloppy in some areas. We got we to gotta make some adjustments, fix some things. Yeah, and I was thinking, so, you know, normally, you know, you start with a couple tournaments in the beginning of the year and it gives you a little bit of time to get a couple matches, maybe, you know, three and two or something. You still get five matches in the weekend. Right. You get a little bit of time. Coaches are telling you some adjustments you want to make between matches two, three, four. It's got to be hard when you're just doing one match, then you have seven days rest before the next one. I mean, that's, that's definitely got to be a large component of it. Well, when you look at especially, you know, look at who we have wrestling, too, and the match, the number of matches they've had over their career. You know, yeah, Mark Montgomery at 133 hasn't wrestled since last November. So it had been, you know, 14 months since his last time competing. Um, and, and that's kind of the way it looked when he got out there, to be honest. You know, it looked like he hadn't been on a wrestle mat in a long time. In practice, he's been looking awesome. He's a really tough kid, super hardworking, and – just looked like, you know, maybe the, the moment got the best of him. He hadn't been on a wrestling mat in 14 months, you know, in, in competition. So, um, yeah, I think that's part of it is, like, you don't have the matches. And, you know, compounded on top of that, you don't have um, any recent matches at all. It's not like you didn't have 10 matches, you know, over the past month. You, know, you haven't had any matches in a year. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the inconsistency for sure. So listen, some guys, there's no doubt it was a wake up call, you know, like, okay, like people are coming for us. We can't sneak up on anybody anymore. Our program's better than that. And uh, we got to be sharp every time we step out there, whether you, you wrestled last month or not. I mean, their, their team, they hadn't wrestled in a long time. They were still able to pin us three times. So, you know, they can do it. Uh, we just got to be a little bit sharper. Yeah, well, we definitely hit it on some of the the weaker spots. What was what was some of the takeaways that you were excited about, or some of the some of the things that we competed that you know were positive? Yeah, man. I mean, I think the bottom line is we gave up three pins and still won a dual meet. That's freaking hard to do, you know. So that says a lot about your team. And like, when things aren't going your way, they can still maintain, you know, the the course they're on and find a way to to get the result they want. I thought both of our heavyweights wrestled really good. Their guys tough. I mean, their guys, he's a lot to handle. Both our heavyweights wrestled really well. Um, I thought Taylor Brown came out really strong. He won by injury default, um, and you guys have seen it. You know, he had a really nice hip toss, and, um, you know, an injury happened there. And uh, But um, Taylor came out, you know, there was, like, no doubt in his mind. He came out and he wrestled hard, so I love that. Um, you know, and even other matches, I loved bits and pieces of it, you know, even if it wasn't a complete seven minutes. Um, I thought Bo Guffey was really aggressive. It was an ugly, like sloppy kind of match. Um, but he took a lot of shots, you know, and, and um, going into the third period of his match, it was like, okay, which way is this going to go? He scores the last takedown, rides the guy out. That was good. PJ, you know, what can you say? He took the guy down, turned him a couple times, pinned him. Awesome. Keep it up. Logan Brown, super aggressive. You know, he gave up a takedown there at the end we didn't like. Um, but he was the aggressor for, you know, six minutes and 58 seconds of that match. So, I mean, there's a lot to take away from that was really positive. Um, here, here's the thing. You know, the, the most positive outcome of that dual meet was a conversation we had as a team yesterday and hearing the guys reflect on their performances and hearing them, like, admit where they went wrong and also stand up for themselves and say the things that they did well. You know, like – guys stood up and said, no, I was aggressive. I, I dictated the pace and, and, and I pushed really hard. Um, you know, and they, they had a backbone, stood up for themselves and, and they knew they did something well, they spoke up and said it. And where they thought they went wrong, they weren't afraid to say, listen, I wish I could have that one back, you know, but here's how I can fix it going forward. To me, that's, that's by far the biggest takeaway from the dual meet. The biggest positive is the guys owned it. They owned what they did well and, and they owned, you know, what they're not proud of. So, when you do that, you can, you can grow, you can get better. Yeah, absolutely. So looking ahead at this weekend, you know, there's, you guys have four guys ranked. Binghamton has two guys ranked, but not any of the same, same weights. Um, what are you excited about this weekend? Man, um, we have four guys ranked. Um, well, that's good. I, I mean, here's, <laughs> for us, it's like every time we get to compete, we get to learn something about our team. And, uh, and I need to know a little bit more. I'm excited. Ryan Chauvin finally going to get a match. Um, so that's exciting. We want to see him wrestle. Uh, but up and down the lineup, you know, obviously, um, who are their ranked guys? I know 184. Where else are they ranked? Is it 41? Yeah, Trappy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a lot to handle. We've split matches with him in the past. So whoever gets the nod, it's going to be Lane or, or Logan at 141. Um, excited to see that one. Um, that'll be a good bout. Their guy's a handful at 184. Right. We wrestled him a few times. The dude's a hammer. So I'm excited to see how Taylor Brown, you know, comes out and competes against one of the top guys in the country. Uh, and then, you know, in, in other matches, it's like in a typical year, maybe you highlight those ranked bouts. But in a year like this, I mean, every single match matters. 
So, I mean, I've only watched like 25 wrestling matches this year. That's it. That's crazy. You know, it's almost February. So, um, I need to see some more. So, I'm looking forward to all of them. This weekend, by the way, is going to be a, a traditional dual meet with, I think, two extra matches. They only – they're only allowed two extra matches um, at Binghamton. Each school kind of has different rules and self-imposed restrictions. That's one that they have. They're only allowed two extra guys. So, we'll have two extra matches and a dual meet on, uh, on Saturday. Speaking of rankings, I mean, I know the cliche thing is always like rankings don't matter, rankings don't matter, but to some degree they, they kind of matter. I think this year's unique in the sense that typically probably that I'm going to go with like 16 to 20 range is like always fluctuating with new guys falling in, falling out, moving up and down just a little bit. So it's, that shift this year, it's, it's hard to make when there's like not as many matches and it's just dual meets. You don't get as many ranked on rank air quotes matches this year. So yeah. it's really – it truly is this year not a cliche i think the rankings really don't matter to some degree i mean so yeah so what are you basing it on last year yep. you know and somebody's opinion oh i think this guy's really good we're gonna rank him 12th you know sure um yeah so this year it's like listen we get apparently we have four individuals ranked we are uh we're ranked 22nd in the coaches poll as a team um we didn't look like the 22nd you know ranked team in the country a few days ago so this weekend we get a chance to show that we deserve those votes um, so yeah, but rankings don't matter. Like we know Trampy's tough. We know that, mm -hmm. you know, we know their guy at 184 is one of the best in the country. So whatever they're ranked, it doesn't matter. Beaton has a good team. Like I'm surprised they only have two ranked, you know, um, here and that's a little bit surprising. Cause I just, I, I know they're a really tough team and it's going to be a big challenge for us. So rankings, throw it out. It's going to be 10 tough bouts and we got to get ready for them. Did you um did you watch any other EIWA matches this weekend? I know like name mm -hmm. rest pretty high. Um, no, no, I watched us um, a few times. You know, went back and watched ours, and 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 typically I will. You know, you watch your opponents as a coach. Like it's your job. You're supposed to scout. And, but uh, you know, we have whatever film is is saved. Um, some people watch it and save it. I haven't gone and looked at it yet. I mean, I looked through results and and, and I looked through box scores, but I haven't watched any film with anybody else. Yeah. What about you, B. Road? You watch any this weekend? I did. I, I watched some highlights and some clips, but I watched uh, the uh, freestyle in France a little bit. Did you watch the Burroughs Taylor match by any chance? <laughs> Are we going to talk about this? match or was it a dance off? Um, uh, first off, who do you want to apologize to first? Do you want to apologize to me and, and JT here for your outburst last week and? I want to apologize to the fans who watched that wrestling match last Wednesday night. He's not backing time off this one. Are you serious? You didn't, you didn't think it was a good match at all? No. I think that – I don't think that they should have awarded that takedown to Taylor when, um, when Burris, like, pulled his groin there. That, like, changed the dynamic of the match. And then just Taylor – he shut it down. I mean – He did kind of what? shut it down there. He did kind of shut it – I mean – you know, if the score's different, he doesn't give up those easy push-outs. Yeah, and that's yeah. – uh, the whole Twitter universe was like, we shouldn't have criteria. This is why we have overtime. It's like, no, they knew what the criteria was. If there was overtime, there'd be more dancing around. Yeah, no, criteria – I don't know, JT, what, what your thoughts on this. I mean, criteria is the way to go. It's superior. Like, you always know somebody is going to win this match, you know, when this clock hits zero. Somebody is going to win. 
and the wrestling fans, like we we understand criteria at this point. Like we get it. Yeah. So no, I'm a I'm a and, and if Coach Shuck's gonna be watching, Coach Shuck's like, no, I want unlimited overtime. I want you to wrestle for thirty seven <laughs> extra minutes. You know? Coach Shuck yeah. wants Greco to go for thirty seven extra minutes. You know? And I'm like, oh my God, I can't watch Greco for three minutes. Um but, but uh, anyways, so I'm a fan of uh, I'm a fan of criteria. Yeah. I'm a Criteria fan. I'm also a, a fan of implementing the push-out in the NCAA. Yeah, for sure. I think most of us are by this point. Here's, yeah. here's what I think about push-out in NCAA. If, if you make it two feet is, is the push-out point, both the entire foot, both of your feet go out of bounds, point. We can live with that. You know, one foot going out of bounds, I think that becomes a little bit. And if you've watched, um, I mean, there's a lot of skill into getting push-outs in freestyle. You know, oh, yeah. there's, there's some really solid technique to it. But what you see in Folkstone wrestling now in college, you see people get on the edge. It, it The action's completely changed. Now it becomes, okay, let's keep him on the edge. Let's try to get like a half shot. And, and nobody really wants to commit to a shot because then you're on the edge. And it's really hard to finish because you're running out of real estate. Um, the guy that's on the edge is only thinking about getting to the middle. So it accomplishes the goal of, I mean, the product now is way better than it used to be, right? So what we have now is an improvement, without a doubt. That's no, it's not even a question. Matches are faster. There's not 20 stoppages per bout for going out of bounds. But you don't see the action on the edge of the mat anymore. You know, both guys get in the zone. It, you don't see a flurry. You see a bunch of pushing and a guy trying to circle in. So to me, like, yeah, just make it a push out. We shouldn't be holding our breath every time somebody goes out of bounds. Like, you look at the ref, what's he going to call? You mm -hmm. know, and the ref is like, uh, action. That was action. You know, yeah, the there's flaws with that too. Cause like, I don't know if you saw or followed like the Gilman loss in the semis where it was like they, they gave the, they were the takedown. We're now like there's circumstances where you don't know if they're grounded, if it's one or if it's a takedown. It's like, yeah. The, I mean, the grounded thing is, is that that can be challenging. Um, Cause you can game that. But I'm talking in folk style. If you made it, both of your feet go out of bounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah then it could be a point. Um, I like that better than just a straight, you know, one foot out of bounds. And, you know, the guys that we're watching wrestling France and world championships, I mean, these are like some of the best athletes in the world, right? Um, you watch, you know, college wrestling at the division one, two, three, NAIA and JUCO levels. Um, some of them aren't the best athletes in the world. So to get them to move that quickly on the edge and be able to get both, it's, it's, it's a challenge. The, the best guys in the world make it look pretty easy to get back, you know, into the center of the mat. But in reality, you know, for your average athlete, um, it's pretty challenging. And I just don't want to see wrestling turn into a bunch, you know, just push-outs. So I think two feet going out of bounds, that's a good rule. Make it a stall call or a point, whatever you want to do. Anything's better than looking at the ref, holding your breath, seeing what they call. One coach is yelling at him. The other coach is saying, good call. You know, Are they going to call stalling? Are they going to call fleeing? Are they going to call, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Too much ambiguity. Well, I'm glad we can all agree on that. And believe it or not, we, like B-Row, we agree with B-Row on something here, which <laughs> makes me really question. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Am I thinking about this the right way? You guys, you guys sound like Ned right now. He was just on me all, like, after this, after this last episode. He just kept hounding me on Instagram, just talking smack. What do you expect? He's in overtime. He's going unlimited overtime right there. Episode's over. Shuck's going. I don't know what you expect. <laughs> oh, 
Oh man. So we got some listener questions. We've answered a few of them. Um, you ready for this, Kevin? Yeah, I'm always ready. Fire away. So from uh, Patrick Smith, class of 2011, does getting absolutely launched equal injury time while getting pinned? Um, so that was that was a tough one. We were not happy. You know, where the dual meet was going, we were like, okay, hey, they're they're 184 pounder. You know, I, he placed at the NWA tournament last year. I think was ranked fourth in the conference going in. We're like, this guy's pretty good. You know, and he is. Um, so when Spice is able to go out there and, and get a couple take, he's hand fighting hard. Nice. Gets a, gets a takedown and, and then, you know, hits his little hip toss that we've seen him do a lot in the room. And he's got the guy. And, and um, I mean, the ref's got to stop it at that point, I guess. You know, but um, I thought, you know, the ref could have slapped the mat and then stopped it and taken care of it. Um, whatever. Or when you the know, team it, point came in? No. So, but he did bring that up later on. He was like, I let that one slide earlier at 184. <laughs> And I was like, he, or he, what did he, what the ref say to me? He was like, well, I, I gave you the benefit of the doubt at 184. And I was like, well, really, you gave them the benefit of the doubt because you stopped the match when he was on his back. Anyway, so the uh, the team point came in, I think, heavyweight. Yeah, it was definitely, it was, it was a heavyweight where Soli gets his takedown. So the opponent's grabbing Soli's knee brace to try to keep him from going behind, him, you know, which it's a technical violation. I don't mind the attitude, grab them by the knee brace, don't give up a singlet. I can respect that. Uh, or, you know, grab the singlet, knee brace, don't give up a takedown, whatever. I, re I respect the fight there. But it's illegal, you know, and the ref's going <laughs> to call it. So, so the ref calls it a technical violation. But when Sully gets behind him, he's got the guy broken down flat. And there's like, what, like 20 seconds left in the period? And we're like, okay, takedown and a ride out. And the ref stops the match to award the, the technical violation. And so Ned and I both, you know, um, we had this agreement that if anything like that happened, we would both immediately jump from our chairs onto the wrestling mat and yell at the <laughs> And we executed it. It was perfect. We nailed it, right? Um, so we both jump up and we're like, what? No, because you've got a head weight broken down. This guy's good. We got him broken down flat. Well, you don't stop the match to award a technical violation. And the ref's like, no, that's the rule. He was pissed at us. That's the rule. I have to stop it. Um, but later on, you know, to his credit, he was like, man, I messed up. Like, I wasn't supposed to stop that, you know. But we got a team point, you know, for protesting a misapplication of the rule. Just kind of a bizarre situation, you know, where, like, the ref made the wrong call. We didn't – we protested. We got penalized, you know. Later he's like, hey, I'm sorry about that. You know, it's been a long time since I've refed, which, you know, is, is – it's been a long time since we've wrestled. It's been a long time since they've officiated too. And he's a he's a really good official. He's one of the best in the conference. Goes to the NCAA tournament and officiates, so he knows what he's doing. But um, yeah, it's kind of a lapse there. But that was the team point: is we jumped on the mat, and you're not allowed to jump onto the mat. Classic. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, Kevin, but like five years ago, me and uh, Jimmy Rafferty. That way, now Jimmy's referenced in another episode. We went to. Uh, UNC, you guys, it was like you guys, UNC, America. It was like the dual meet that you guys do, but it was at UNC that year. It was terrible. I remember that was, it was terrible. Like, we went to, so like the, the night match was like kind of crowded. There were like, so, you know, a, a decent amount of fans, but like the noon match, no one was there. It was like me and Jimmy, and that was it. Yeah. And it was so quiet in this little, little stadium other than you screaming constantly at the rest. And I had just gotten, that was like my first year of coaching in North Carolina, like high school system. And you can't, like, you, you say something to the ref, you get, like, 
warned and like kicked out and you're like berating them so to get no, berating is berating is a strong i don't know it was, it was, uh, <laughs> you were fuming oh, I, I remember chastising them i believe that i believe i was fuming i believe i was pretty angry i think i was angry pretty much the entire day if i remember it that probably seemed worse because there was it was so quiet in this arena other than like you like from 100 feet away you know just you know acting like you're having a personal conversation with a ref but there's like this large gap and you're screaming at the top of your lungs <laughs> well let me tell you you know like I, I probably mellowed out just a little bit um but um yeah i still get fired up like i'm like hey man yeah i know what our guys put into it i know how much me and the coaching staff puts into it yeah I, if you're an official i expect you to be on top of your game you know like listen i make this here's what people understand like i yell at myself even worse you know when i make mistakes you know um maybe just not quite so loud you know where everybody hears it but i call myself way worse names you know when i screw up um let me tell you about that that dual meet it was what three or four dual meets there at north carolina so um that was like early january right so we came back to west point to train to get ready to go down there we're supposed to fly out i don't know what day like a thursday well there's a blizzard coming in and so we're like this is this is on Wednesday, the day before. We're like, this storm's coming in tomorrow. There's no way we can make our flight. And I'm like, call the bus. You know, somebody get us a bus. So whoever's, you know, was assisting at the time, we, uh, we get a bus and we're like, guys, we're not flying out tomorrow. We're leaving tonight. And we're driving through the night to North Carolina. So we got on a bus that night, drove through the night to North Carolina, went straight to the hotel when we got there, got like three hours of sleep, went and worked out, um, and then competed, you know, the next morning. It was just like a brutal trip, you know. Um, looking back on it, I mean, that's the kind of experiences that you want. You know, you didn't know you wanted it at the time, but those are the experiences you talk about a little bit later on. And then, yeah, I mean, we didn't wrestle very well. Hey, <laughs> John Paxton came up to me <laughs> after the dual meet, our last dual meet of the day, and I was pissed. I think we got beat by Wyoming there, that third dual meet. Or did we beat them then? Uh, I don't know, but. I was in a bad mood anyway. And, uh, and Paxton came up in the most sincere way possible. John was like, Hey, are your guys, are your guys feeling okay? Like it looked like maybe some of them are kind of sick or something, you know? And like, he meant it. Like he was like being sincere and caring. And I was like, you know, said a lot of four letter words, get away. You know, I was like, well, you talk about what, they're, no, they're not sick. They're just, you know, other things. But um, man, you're, you bring back a lot of memories <laughs> of that day there. Um, I'm glad we survived that trip and we were better because of it. Turns out sleep is, uh, it's not that important, right? Um, listen, yeah, sleep on the bus. Good luck. Um, hey, some other time. Now you've got me on a roll. I'm thinking about all of our bus trips. Um, at some point, not tonight, we're going to tell the story about our bus trip home from Chattanooga at the Southern Scuffle. Uh, <laughs> we're going to bring a couple guests on, but we're going to bring, um, we'll probably reach out to Chewy out at Cal Poly now <laughs> and bring, bring Chewy and Colonel Cook on to tell the Good. story about uh, our night ride. We left Chattanooga at like 9 p.m. one night on a bus headed back to New York. Um, and uh, I'll preface it with this. We stopped at a gas station to let the guys get something to eat because nothing was open. And uh, we had a 25 pounder on the team at the time that was like terrible making weight. Like he was always huge. Um, he's the first one that came on the bus and Chewie's like, hey, what do you got in your pockets? And the kid goes, hmm, nothing. He's like, no, what's in your pocket? He goes, oh, just, just some gum and pulls out a pack of gum. 
And Chewie's like, I'm calling BS on that. What's in your pockets? He opens his, he's got donuts and all kinds of stuff in there. And then, um, and then we, we shook everybody down that got back on the bus. I mean, we had like two boxes full of food that we took away from the guys. That was just the start of the trip home. So for another episode, we got to bring Chewie and Colonel Cook on and tell that story. But <laughs> Sounds we'll like save that for another time. What were, we, were we talking about Binghamton? Is that what we're supposed to be talking about right now? I'm like that. Yeah. All right. I don't know how we got on that. We were, well, we got into the listener questions, and uh, I'm not sure how we got onto that. Hey, any old grads that were on the that, that bus ride, um, I'm talking to you, Samson, Russ, uh, Logan Everett, that crew, um, I think Kaywood, Barnes, um, Austin Wilding. I'm trying to think who was on that trip. Those guys need to chime in next week with some questions. We'll talk about the Southern Scuffle Shakedown. Yeah, comment below with whatever your favorite snack was that got confiscated. <laughs> Samson's still pissed. We got his chips. <laughs> so a uh, question from Lance Penhale. Uh, it's kind of rhetorical, but is Willie Simpson the best commentator of all time? Comment below, I guess. We'll let, we'll let, we didn't <laughs> let the fans decide. Um, I, don't get to, I don't get to listen to him. You guys tell me. What, uh, what's Willie doing well? What's he got to work on? He's pretty good. He's pretty polished, actually. He, I would say he's better at commentating than he is speaking in real life. <laughs> I'm like, really? You don't sound like this when you talk normally. You just, the camera's on and bam. I'm telling he's you, out. he comes in, he comes in the wrestling room, um, like day, two days before a dual meet. He's got his notepad. He's in there taking his notes, getting insights from the coach. Like, he's prepared. This isn't, he's not just sitting down there and winging it. He's putting in the work. And a baby. Yeah. Christian Schluck asks, uh, can we work in two more Browns into the lineup for a cool 50% of the starting lineup being full Browns? We need some more, right? We've got yeah. two more years. we got JT and Owen for another year. Um, we got LB for a couple other uh, years. So who else? Who else we got? What other Browns? We got Logan. We got Owen. Last we got week JT. it was oh, we got Taylor Brown. Logan, Taylor, Taylor, and JT. So we had three Browns in. Yeah. Um, there's some more. All you recruits out there with the last name Brown, hit us up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see what we can do. Because look, it's working out, right? I mean, it's working out for these guys. Spice is here all over Instagram, throwing people to their back, getting all kinds of likes and comments. Um, JT with all the chains and tattoos that he's got, <laughs> you know. And, and look at Logan Brown out there getting like eight takedowns in his his first dual meet since last year. So it's working out for him right now. Yeah, let's keep it up. I've noticed we got a lot of guys with ink. Do they come in with ink, or is there somebody that's influencing this trend? There's an influence somewhere. There's an insider. You yeah. know? Listen, they got ink, and they got gold chains. I was going to say, the chains weren't around back, back when I was there either as much. What's up with the chains? I don't know. know. I don't know either, but listen, I, hey, as long as they're doing what they're supposed to do, and they're living the right way, you want chains, you want your tattoos, um, that's good. You know, whatever it is, you can take that up with your parents you know, and the army. But um, for me, hey, keep the haircut and uh, keep training, wrestling hard, wear your chains in between practice, whatever. Yeah. So we had another question uh, from Chick, from Chick from Chick's four count. Um, has fundraising started for the new, for the new wrestling facility? What locations are being surveyed? If it's in a new building, will Arvin gym location be used for a possible women's team? Love a lot of questions we have to all there in one, but yeah, no, I love. Well, he's got to get his four questions in. That's his four. <laughs> <count>. <laughs> no biscuit. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I love it. I love the way he's thinking. Uh, will the space in Arvin be used for a women's team? Man, that would be awesome. I hope so. I don't think there's any discussions right now at West Point about adding a women's program, but I can say it would be an awesome fit. I, I just, I don't think that the timing is right, you know, this week to do it for sure. So um, let's keep talking about that because I think it's a really good idea. What locations? We know the location and it's behind the Foley indoor football field. Uh, it's what's called Truxton now, the old lacrosse building, which would be completely redone and a mat room added behind it. Really, the biggest, most important question you ask is fundraising began. I mean, yeah, fundraising's began, but, you know, COVID really kind of screwed everything up where, you know, college athletics in general, you know, took an enormous revenue hit. And, um, and so, you know, looking for new capital projects is just kind of like tough in this environment. We should do it, though. Like, I'll go on the record as saying it needs to be done. We need a home. You know, like, I mean, I look at our – the, you know, we got dual meets. Um, we're wrestling in a track and field house, you know, for our dual meets. Well, next week when Bucknell comes in, we have to wrestle on Sunday because Bucknell – or on Sunday because there's a track and field meet on Saturday. And when there's track and field, what do they use? Well, they use the track and the field, right? Yep. Well, we can't use Crystal because there's basketball. So, you know, there's a basketball game, so they use a basketball court. And you're like, okay, so where does Army Wrestling go? You know, it's, it's, we need a home. We need, we need a spot right now. We're, we're kind of like renting, you know, we're a tenant in Arvin gym, which is a really cool facility. I mean, it works. It's really nice, but yeah, we need a home and um, it's probably time, you know, now to start like, let's get back to it, you know? So that's my job. Thanks chick for reminding me is uh, we got to get back on that. And let's make a stronger push because it needs to be done. You know, it's like vaccines are on the way, the ends in sight. Um, we need our, our next home and sooner rather than later. How is well, the well, we haven't talked about that. It's been probably three or four months since like the last kind of talk of that is have them have, have like the monthly con contributions like went up much or is it kind of stabilized? Is, it's kind of stabilized. We made a big jump and we did a really good job. Like appreciate all the supporters out there. Our giving day was pretty successful. 15,000 ish, you know, whatever it was on, on giving day um, and that's real money you know that our program can use and, and we need especially at a time like this so yeah fundraising is going well the West Point Wrestling Club is is you know continuing to be like a really big need of ours so anybody that's interested in giving West Point Wrestling Club and the Friends of Army Wrestling are the two ways that really impact our program it's going well um, especially considering kind of the, the climate that we've been living through the past what 10 months now so but yeah I'll say what I said a few minutes ago it's like it's time to pick it back up you know, as, as the end's coming in sight, vaccines are on the way, like, let's ramp it up again. And so the, fun, the, the money for the new facilities, does that come from supporters of the wrestling program? Does it come from West Point Athletics budget? Does it come from DOD? Like, I, I don't have any concept. Yeah, no, not DOD. Um, so it's Army West Point Athletics and it's supporters of the program, you know, which probably means it's going to be supporters of the program. Yep. You know, the reality of it is our program, we have some alumni, we have some friends that can make it happen. You know, it's just we've got to be able to convince people um, of how important it is and, and get them to want to partner with us, you know, and giving our team a facility that represents, you know, what we think our guys represent. You know, we want something that, um, you know, is representative of the work that they put in and, um, and, and we think 
you know, the level of our program. We're a top 25 program in the country, you know, and let's treat ourselves like it. You know, let's have, let's have one of the best facilities, not just in the conference, but, but in the country. So we need to, to have a facility that's worthy of the Army wrestling brand, that's for sure. Last question we got from David Clonger, um, the Prepsters, just asking about the, what's competition look like for them this year? Are they getting any? Are they not getting any? Yeah. All right, DC, what's up? Speaking of the club, DC is one of our most loyal fans and supporters. And I'm sure when I get off of here, I've got a couple of text messages from him right now. I'm sure. So we talk army wrestling every night. Um, you could have just texted me DC. <laughs> but, uh, we'll, uh, this probably because I haven't been answering his messages lately. Um, we, uh, so prep school, man, it's been tough because you guys know, like open tournaments are happening, yeah. you know, and, and they had one dual meet against the uh, air force prep school earlier in the year, really solid performance from our guys. Um, and that's it. They've had one competition. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it's tough because there's no open tournaments and opportunities to compete are just like few and far between. That's all there is to it. But, um, I can tell you, like, I mean, it's an awesome group. We're pumped about them. Like they're going to make an immediate impact when they step in next year. Um, unfortunately, there's just not a lot of results and, and film to watch on them this year because the opportunities just aren't there. Yeah. Well, what else you got, Coach? Yeah, this weekend, this weekend is Saturday. So remember that. We had a schedule change. It was originally Sunday. Now it's Saturday, 2 p.m., um, Binghamton at home. I, it'll be the toughest duel meet we've had. Hofstra is a damn good team, and they put up, you know, a hell of a fight. But – this is, um, I think, going to be a tougher matchup for us, you know, just the, the, the matchups that are there um, up and down the lineup. So it'll be a good one. It'll be on night vision. I think Willie's going to be calling it again. Um, so you guys can tune in. Yeah, tune in, watch it for free. Let us know what you think. Um, other than that, um, man, I'll just, I just say that I appreciate everybody's support. I appreciate people tuning in. Excited for uh, watching these guys compete here in a few days. Heck, yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, Coach. Best of luck this weekend. Look forward to talking next week. All right, fellas. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you in a few days. Thanks for tuning in to the B-Hall Radio Show. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. If there's something you'd like to hear on a future show, reach out to us on any of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or you can reach us at email, bhaw.radio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and as always, go Army, be Navy.